0: How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And today we're going to continue on our study of the Gospel of Luke, working our way through chapter 11. Um, And if we take a look back at what we were doing earlier, we took a look at verse 14 so today's verses we're going to pick up where we left off luke chapter 11 verse 14 so please grab your bibles notebooks and pens grab your tea grab your coffee we're going to be studying the word of god okay so previously on christian coffee time um in luke eleven fourteen, 14 we took a look at uh, de- uh, demonic activity and things that the enemy can do and um What the Word of God says about casting out devils and demonic possession versus oppression, all this kind of stuff. So please make sure you check that one out. And we uh, kind of lightly got our way down to verse 17. What I mean mean by that is we kind of just uh, grazed over a couple of the verses here, which we're going to be touching back on just a little bit. I plan on doing a separate video uh, in regards to verse fifteen, um, just in regards to what uh, blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, blasphemy uh, of Christ is. I know we touched on that before, but I want to do one a uh, bit more of a deeper study on that. So uh, I'm not going to be going too much in depth on verse fifteen right now. I plan on touching on that a bit later, maybe next time. And uh, so uh, we got down to verse seventeen, and but he knowing their thoughts. So if you're into underlining, highlighting, or marking your Bible, please do so with verse 17, knowing their thoughts. That's a proof of divinity because angels, prophets, holy men can't read thoughts. This is something only God can do, knowing the thoughts of the heart, the intents of the heart, that this shows divine power, knowing their thoughts. So, in in this as well jesus says every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided against a house fall and we talked about that a fair bit and that that being even in the title uh, christian divided so please make sure you watch that one all right so if you have any comments questions issues insights regarding the study at hand Please, by all means, go ahead, ask away if it's not related to the topic at hand. If you just please hold that to the end of the study to the next broadcast as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing. Okay. Now, I just put up a video as well, just a quick two-minute video. On uh, the question, where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? This is a question that Muslims love to ask, that for some inexplicable reason, the vast majority of Christians don't know how to answer it. That bugs me. (laughs) How, How do people not know how to properly answer this one? Where does Jesus flat out claim divinity and claim to be worshipped? Where does Jesus say, worship me? Where does he say it? So, if you haven't seen my short little video uh, previously, uh, tell me. Where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me? Now, the uh, like I say in the video, without actually repeating the entire video that the passages proving the divinity of Jesus Christ are absolutely immense. There is there's just so many passages proving the deity of Jesus Christ. And it's fairly easy to prove the deity of Jesus Christ. But the other part of the question is, where does Jesus say, worship me? Come on, someone, someone, come on, tell me, where? Where in the Bible does Jesus say, worship me? You know, like I say, the the Bible has an answer for everything, and especially when it comes to worship and divine aspects, and and that and uh, that kind of thing, the Word of God is very clear. There actually is a passage where Jesus commands worship, invites worship. So if you haven't seen my previous video. Make sure you go watch that i go i go a little bit more and i talk about it and i should show you how to answer the question but simply matthew 28 verse 9. matthew 28 verse 9 and as they went to tell his disciples behold jesus met them saying all hail and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him held him by the feet and worshipped him jesus says all hail now jesus appears in front of them and says all hail who what is hailing that that's greeting and this is invitation to veneration worship respect and all, all of this and that is a greeting now greeting them in what manner greeting them in what manner because well this is where it's that they also throw back in well when gabriel went to to visit mary to tell mary that she was gonna have a child Uh, gabriel says hail thou that art highly favored now is gabriel giving mary divinity or worship no no you want to look at context of this jesus appears before his disciples and says all hail All shall shall bow the knee at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. So we want to look at context as Mary is just a person with no divine abilities or anything like that. She's not the Grand redemptress. She's not the Advocate. She's not the Mediator. She's not the Intercessor. She's not the Grand redemptress. Any of these kinds of things. In that context, it's just greeting. It's greeting. Like a greeting. A salutation. But when Jesus appears before his disciples and says, All hail! He, he appears to them and he's inviting everybody to come and hail him as prophet, priest, and king. As Moses put it, the, as the, the one that would come as, as prophet, priest, and king. As a teacher, our high priest, and king, king above all kings. Jesus, the Redeemer, the Advocate, the Mediator, the Intercessor. Jesus, the Savior. At the name of jesus every knee will bow and jesus proves his divinity by all the signs and wonders and even claims to be the christ messiah john 4 25 26 he claims to be the i am of john 8 verses 24 and 58 and Jesus claimed all kinds of powers and abilities and casting out devils and healing sicknesses and illnesses and knowing their thoughts and knowing their hearts and uh, that seeing things before they even happen. That such divine powers are proven throughout the Gospels. And he says, all hail. So invitation of uh, people to come and greet, sa- salute, worship, venerate. Because what do they do? They grab him by the feet. They come. They don't just say, hi, Jesus. they don't just come and shake his hand they come to hail him how do they hail him when jesus says all hail what do they come and do grab him by the feet and worship him so context you want to take a look at what's going on so you see the word of god has an answer for everything and it's very important to know context Context of the hailing, context of the prophecies, all these things of what Jesus has said and done. And this goes right hand in hand with what we're looking at today of context, of understanding what Scripture is saying, as using the Berean method of Acts 17, verse 11. The, Ber- the Bereans who were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they received the word with all readiness of mind, and they searched the Scriptures daily to see if these things are so. So we gotta pair of scripture to scripture, rightly divide the word of truth, and pay attention to what it's saying, the narrative of the context, back up again, go through it slowly, and take a look at how it's being said, the, the the specific words and pictures and images, doing the word studies, where else in the word of God does it talk about this, and then how how can I apply this to myself or my own learning to go speak it and think it and do it? Alright, so we starting at Verse 14, so please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to Luke chapter 11, verse 14. Now, and as he was casting out a devil, we talked about that in great depth before, and devils are real, demonic possession is a real thing, please make sure you check out the previous video on A Christian Divided. A casting a devil, and it was dumb. And some devils can cause certain, certain They can bring in and induce certain illnesses and proper problems and issues and stuff. Uh, they can induce muteness. They can induce deafness and blindness and all kinds of issues and things. They can do all kinds of stuff. That uh, when the uh, he was casting out a devil and it was dumb, that means uh, unable to speak. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the people wondered. They were amazed at the power of this, at, at how real this is, at what is actually going on, that things aren't just physical, natural, physical, that there is a spiritual realm, and the spiritual realm interacts with ours and can affect ours. And the people were amazed at this. They wondered. Verse 15, And some of them uh, some of them said, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Beelzebub means lord of the flies. That's a, another title, name, that is given to Lucifer. Lord of the flies. He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. You know, just thinking... If you saw an individual, you were standing there on the sidelines, okay? Let's use your sanctified imagination. You're standing on the sidelines and you see this man named Jesus standing there and he's talking to people, he's teaching them. And he comes up to this guy who's mute, unable to speak. Now, we're not really told for how long he was unable to speak or any of that kind of thing. He's just unable to speak and he's known for this, not able to speak. Jesus comes over to him and rebukes a devil and casts the devil out of the man, and the man speaks. You'd be quite awestruck at that, as says, and the people wondered. And it means they were in amazement. They were in amazement. Okay, you'd be amazed at this, like, wow, like, how how could he do that? That such power this man has, and beside you, there's an individual that just pipes up and blurt blurts out. He casts out devils by the power of Satan. Um, He casts out devils through beals above the chief of the devils. Okay. Okay. Now, just want to segue into another argument. Excuse me. Uh, That there is a... A similarity with this kind of nonsense uh, of saying that jesus is casting out devils by the power of satan it as he goes on I, i'm getting ahead of myself i'm sorry one second my brain is just racing right now and others tempting him sought of him a sign from heaven, but he, knowing their thoughts, said unto him, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Okay. Now, as I was was going to say, it's like people who say that Charles Spurgeon was a Freemason, a Luciferian, an occultist. Yeah, there there are crazy people out there who say that Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, the mighty man of God, Charles Spurgeon, evangelist, preacher, teacher, theologian, scholar, professor, the, the mighty man of God, Charles Spurgeon, who led countless scores of people to the lord in salvation by the biblical gospel who affirm that Jesus is god our savior our redeemer is his lord king master god and savior he preached the gospel of jesus christ according to scripture taught the word of god in strong doctrine and theology he wrote scores of books and and materials He founded all kinds of works in the name of the Lord, the mighty man of God, Charles Spurgeon. And they say he was a Freemason, a Luciferian. It's no different than this here. Saying that Jesus cast out devils through the power of Satan. How how can people say that? Well, ignorant people say that. Ignorant people say these kinds of stupid things. Uh, What they do, these Pharisees here that said that Jesus... Well, not just Pharisees, but people saying that Jesus cast out devils by the power of the devil. The reason they're saying that is because they're deliberately, absolutely ignoring everything that Jesus is saying. They ignore all of his teaching. They're, they're, they're watching Jesus with their fingers in their ears. They're not listening to a single word that he's saying. They hyper cherry pick his stuff and they look for faults and issues and they twist and they, and they modify a monkey with everything that Jesus says and does just to try to find blame because they don't like him. The same thing goes with the crowd that hates Charles Spurgeon. They completely ignore everything that Charles Spurgeon says. They ignore his gospel, his doctrine, his theology, his teaching, his work for the Lord, everything that Charles Spurgeon affirms. And they just hyper cherry pick everything and just just they just try to uh, to discredit him because they don't like him. They don't like what he stands for. They don't like what he says. So they're trying to damn the guy. That's what they're doing here to Jesus. They don't like him. They don't like what he's preaching. So they want to try to discredit him to stop him. And Jesus, generally, when it would come to crowds and they say stupid things, he would just ignore them. He would just pack up his stuff and leave and go somewhere else. But every once in a while, Jesus will address their stupidity. And others tempting him. Tempting him. So if you if you really have the power, do this. If you really are God, do that. It's like atheists say, if there really is a God, then how come he won't do this? Or if he's a god, then he would do this, or so he would do that, and they're challenging his his power and his authority. And they're asking things of him, not because they believe, but as a challenge, test and tempting. Tempting God. That doesn't usually go well for people as we see throughout the bible where um where the lord even talks about this in the psalms and other places how how it makes him angry and people would tempt him can god furnish a table in the wilderness can god bring water can god bring bread can god challenging his power and his authority but he knowing their thoughts knowing the 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 means the reason the purpose and why they're asking now this goes into apologetics that if you're going to be debating discussing witnessing evangelizing and people are going to come and they're going to ask you questions um don't focus so much too much on the question itself investigate a little bit spend some time in seeing where the question is coming from you want to you want to know a bit about the person you want to look at the manner the attitude the personality that uh, you want to pay attention to the to the specific words used in the asking of the question and you want to try to glean a bit of where the question is coming from you might want to before you even answer it even if you know what the answer is Ask a clarification, a clarifying question, uh, just to see a bit more. And you can get a bit more of the heart, the attitude, the purpose behind this. He knowing their thoughts. So Jesus knows where this questions, these temptings, these kinds of things are coming from. And so he's able to tailor the answer even more perfectly. Verse 17. But he knowing their thoughts said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? You see, if Satan is fighting himself, how can he establish power and dominance? If Satan was a true power like that, and his minions would be going up, possessing, and doing all this stuff, why would he be trying to stop them, and hinder them, and be fighting against himself? His kingdom would all fall apart and crumble. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say, I cast out devils through Beelzebub. And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? See, now Jesus also is now bringing their attention to him and what he is and what he's been doing. Take a look at the work, the teachings, the words, the doctrine, the theology, all the stuff that he's teaching and talking about the power of God in, in perfect justification of Scripture. The Word of God backs up everything that Jesus says. Jesus backs up the Bible. He backs up all the Scriptures. Everything speaks of him. Not one single thing that he's ever said or done contradicted any of the scriptures. Any of the prophecies. In fact, all of the prophecies backed him up. Proved him. So if you look at what he's saying. So if... Jesus is even using hypotheticals here to, to illustrate and show their logic. Okay, so he says... all right. so if... If what you're saying... If I'm casting out devils by Satan... Knowing who I am and what I'm doing, how I'm, how I'm standing with the Lord, preaching God and the word of God and the kingdom of God and all righteousness. And somehow this is the power of Satan. And, and look at everything that I've ever done. And this is the power of Satan. If that's the case, and if I stand for the power of Satan, who do you stand for? really shows their logic, how their logic is idiotic. Their logic is just stupid. If I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? So let's, for example, let's just just use that that absolutely stupid attack of Charles Spurgeon. Is it Charles Spurgeon was a Freemason? Obviously, those people don't know what Freemasonry is. Obviously, they do not even have the slightest clue what Luciferianism is or what these kinds of people are. Uh, a Freemason is utterly incapable of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ according to Scripture to the glory of God to lead people to salvation by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, a Luciferian will not want to or be able to accurately, properly, properly preach the Word of God. Take a look at Charles Spurgeon. Now I'll go through his gospel, his doctrine, his theology, and uh, his teachings uh how is he a freemason or luciferian it makes absolutely no no sense so he's a freemason luciferian uh well then what are you what would that make you that's the same argument it's the same logic and it's the same kind of answer so don't so much uh, uh, pay attention to the questions or the specific attacks. Look at where it's coming from, the logic. You look at the reasoning and the logic that spawned the question. So you want to start at the root, the root cause that's that started the question. You want to look at the reasoning, the logic of the person who is asking the question. You start with the person and then you address the question. All right? Uh, sorry a uh, question here uh, does this pair with john 10 25 i'm gonna have to look it up all right john 10 i think i know what you're talking about jesus answered them i told you and ye yes 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 jesus answered them i told you and ye believe not the works that i do in my father's name they bear, they bear witness of me exactly perfect pairing of scripture right there Exactly, verse twenty-six. But but ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice; I know them, they follow me. Exactly, exactly. So, a kingdom divided. So there are people out there that are trying to to, to divide up the kingdom of God, uh, and they're trying to rip it up, to discredit it. But again, you want to look at the logic, the reasoning. The kings of the earth gather themselves together. Uh, they want to fight against god fight against the kingdom of god some of them even knowing were as the pharisees did the pharisees know who jesus was yes absolutely jesus even proved it by a parable about the vineyard and and the and the master of the vineyard would send his servants to go and to to get the workers and to prepare the thing and they would kill the servants and then he sent another servant and they would kill him so the master says i'll send them my son and they will they will honor my son. And he sends his son, in the, and the, the workers of the vineyard say, they see, and they say, here comes the master's son. Let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. Jesus was speaking with the Pharisees. The Pharisees knew full well that Jesus is the Son of God, and that Jesus is the Lord, the Savior, that, uh, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. They knew full well who Jesus was. And they're still calling him Beelzebub. So it goes to show the reasoning and the logic of the heart. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. But the kingdom of the Lord stands forever, right? It can't be torn down. It can't be defeated. God never loses. God can't lose. His kingdom stands forever. But the kingdom of the devil is utter, absolute chaos of the highest order. Ripped apart, falling apart, and crumbling all down. And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? So think about this one for a moment. Again, looking at the doctrine coming out of the heart, it's what I was talk about. Judge not after the appearance, judge righteous judgment. This is, you judge the doctrine of the heart, the logic, the reasoning of the intents of the heart. Look at their doctrine, their theology, their stance, all of this. Don't pay attention to the outward. Don't so much as pay attention to 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 their ability of words. You look at the doctrines that they affirm. The theology they affirm. Listen to the scriptures. Not the philosophies of man. What are the scriptures that they're saying? Are they even saying scripture? Are they saying scripture rightly divided? Are they saying scripture in proper context? Because even Satan can quote scripture. Devils will quote scripture and the servants of Lucifer, even hit as Satan can appear as an angel of light, and his ministers can appear as ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works, that there will be those who are devils in pantsuits, quoting Bible. Are they quoting it correctly, properly, in context with Scripture? If I by Beelzebub cast out devils, but whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore shall they be your judges. But if I... With the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, we see something else here that's really interesting. That uh, the power of the word of God, the power of the Lord over the devils. That there's no rituals needed or any of these kinds of things. says, if I by the finger of God, that's interesting. We see the finger of God actually mentioned a few times throughout the word of God. We see in Exodus, when the Lord is giving the Ten Commandments to Moses, that the scriptures say it's the the finger of God wrote on the tablets. And, And the finger of God etched in the stone the Ten Commandments. The finger of God wrote on the wall in Daniel, mine, mine, tikal, uh, meaning uh, you've, you've been weighed and found wanting the judgment of God against the uh, king of Babylon. So we see uh, see the finger of God writing. And then Jesus with his finger stooped down and wrote in the sand. Uh, and they wanted uh, wanted him to, to stone the lady caught in adultery. And Jesus stooped down and wrote in, in the sand and And one by one, starting from the eldest to the youngest, they left. What was he writing I, I talked about this before, and that uh, I firmly believe he was writing the Ten Commandments, because uh, that's what convicted them because he is without sin, cast the first stone, and then he stooped down and started writing in the dust. Well, he would, why would he say that, and then just go and like draw a house and a tree? What would convict what convicts, so that they they would see that they have sin and, that, and they are no better the law jesus is writing the law the finger of god the judgment of god the righteousness of god the law of god the power of god that by the finger of god casts out devils all he has to do is point The, the lord just looks at the devils and points and they run the power of god that the devils tremble at the name of Jesus Christ. They tremble at God. Even the devils believe and tremble, meaning they know who he is. And Jesus just steps into, onto the land, the land of the Gadarenes, and the legion full of thousands of devils comes running like a banshee out of the tombs in the mountains, comes running down, falls flat on his face in front of Jesus and cries out in terror. They know who he is. Are the devils terrified of Lucifer? No. Does Lucifer have power like this? No. No. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now, in what manner context here? The kingdom of God comes as either our salvation or our judgment. The truth of God, the power of God, the spirit of God... As either our Savior from our sins or our judge of our sins. And if you are not truly born again saved, you're going to be standing before the Lord under the wrath of God. But if you are truly born again saved according to scripture, he will look upon you as his children. Because when he looks at you, he sees the, the imputed righteousness of his son, the spirit of his son upon you. Holding you, sealing you, cleansing you, washing you, regenerating you. And you are born again, saved in him. Your sins are forgiven. You've been atoned for, redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God has come upon you. As Jesus says, the kingdom of God is within you. What is within you? Ephesians 3.17, the spirit of Christ is in the heart of every believer. Ephesians 1.13, you are sealed by the spirit of Christ spirit of god john chapter uh, chapter 14 15 and 16 the Comforter, which is the holy ghost shall be with you always so we see that that the lord himself he is the kingdom he is the power he is the authority he is the life evermore he is everything and we're going to be with him in him forever the kingdom of god is come upon you now come upon you as a as a wrath as a judgment or come upon you as a salvation Context. Context. Now the finger of God, as he points, is, is he pointing to the lake of fire? Or is he pointing to the gates of heaven? The finger of God, when it points at devils, how does it point in judgment and wrath? That's why they flee. They flee. They're trying to escape the judgment. They're trying to escape the wrath to come, but they can't. When Jesus points. They run. But if I with the finger of God, the finger that writes the law, the power, the authority. His word which is above his very name that he wrote. The finger that he uses to write our names in the Lamb's book of life. The finger of God that guides our way. Is the power, the authority that the devils are scared of. They're terrified of. And they try to corrupt but they can't. But if I with the finger of God, look what he says here. But if I with the finger of God, who's talking? Jesus. Jesus says, I with the finger of God. What's he saying? He wields the power of the kingdom of God. He wields the power of the kingdom of God. How? Why? Because he is. He knowing their thoughts. Right here, verse 20, is also a proof of divinity. Jesus says he has the finger of God. Now, the power of the Spirit of God, the finger of God, is within us. It's not our power. But the Lord says, I give you authority. That means permission to use, to speak. As the heralds of so when we go, we are the represent representatives of the ambassadors of those that that go before the king that announce uh, 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 hear ye hear ye, make way, make way for the king, make way for the king, the announcers of the king, the king is with us, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. The king is with us, and we go and we prepare, and we prepare the people for the arrival of the king. We announce his coming. We announce the finger of God. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils. Now, the other thing I want to bring up in this is the simplicity of casting out devils. Now, what do do I mean by that? there are some people that make a really big deal out of it there's a it's all big pomp and parade and huge ceremony and and you gotta interrogate and demand and i command you to come out now 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 come out now come out now you see it in the videos it's so cringy it's so horrible it's so cringy When you see the charismatic trying try, trying to do this kind of thing are uh, the deliverance ministry so cringy the way they do this it is so unbiblical everything they go about this in the deliverance ministries of the charismatic pentecostal groups that is so unbiblical in every context No, you're not supposed to interrogate the devils. You don't demand their names. You're not supposed to speak their names. Besides, here's the thing. Jesus says there's no truth in him. When he speaks of a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. There's no truth in them. So how can you bind them to speak truth if there's no truth in them? Cue the Jeopardy theme music. How can you command them to speak truth and to tell you the truth if there's no truth in them? How can you you demand their names if they are incapable of speaking truth? They're not going to tell you their names. They're going to make up a name. They're going to make up stories and things to deceive you, delude you, because you're not studying the scriptures. You look at Paul, who is being followed by the girl with the spirit of divination, this demonically possessed girl who's a diviner, a fortune teller, and her masters are making great money off of her and off of her affliction. And as she's following the Apostle Paul and wearying him and wearying him and wearying him. And finally, uh, Paul, aggrieved uh, in his spirit, turns and full of the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, commands the Spirit, says, uh, Be silent and come out of her. And it did. So simple. So straightforward. There was no big show and putting his hand on their forehead and speaking and the girls screaming and bashing her with a Bible kind of thing and commanding interrogations. And there's none of that. It's just, just a simple rebuke. Beside and And it went silent and left. So simple. So quick. Just a point of the finger. A point of the power of God. The truth of Christ. The truth of the power of God. According to the kingdom of God, by the word of God, what the Lord says, the Lord says, cast out devils. How do you do that? You command them to be silent and leave. By whose authority? In the name of Jesus Christ, they command you to be silent and leave. Just like that. Just like that. By the power of the finger of God. By the authority of God. The word of God. This is The authority of the finger of God. This is the finger of God. He points to what truth is. What sin is. What the kingdom of God is. What hell is. What salvation is. What judgment is. What truth is. It's pointed. This is what the Lord says. He points to this. The way is narrow and few there be that find it. No doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. How has the kingdom of God come upon you? When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in, are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh with, from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoils. Look at this. When a strong man with a palace, his goods are in peace. Okay, so one who perceives that he is strong, he is an authority, he is a power, and he he tries to keep his place with all that he calls his own, okay? And someone stronger than this one comes along, overcomes the first, and takes away everything that he has. Using the analogy of how the finger of God The very finger of God is stronger than all the forces of hell. That's what Jesus is implying here. The very finger of Jesus Christ pointing. The action, not even just the finger, but the action of the pointing (laughs) is stronger than all the forces of hell. He that is not with me, is against me. That line right there, is so damning to the world. Think about this one for a moment. Jesus says in verse twenty-three, Luke eleven twenty-three, "He that is not with me, is against me." Now, again. As I started this broadcast with a simple question, I did a short little two-minute video before this broadcast on where in the Bible does Jesus say, I am God, worship me, and I proved it. I proved it according to the Word of God. Very very quickly, very simply. That Jesus is Almighty God manifested in the flesh, just like the scriptures say, and he saves saves by grace through faith by belief alone, and we've established that numerous, numerous times okay so which jesus are you standing with because if you're standing with one jesus you're against all the others now you may uh, some people well i'm not against them i just believe in this one. well you don't believe in these other ones and you don't believe these other ones are absolute truth that's why you have picked this one which jesus have you picked which uh, jesus are you against Jesus says, if you're not with me, you're against me. Who's your Jesus? Now, it takes the whole Bible to understand the whole Jesus, the true Jesus, the full Jesus, according to the word of God. That the Jesus of many professed Christians is not the Jesus of the whole Bible, because they ignore many passages they cherry pick twist omit and, and disbelieve much of what the word of god says like for example um as my friend over on, on smart christian channel did a video where uh, william lane craig needs to shut up absolutely because william lane craig does not believe in the biblical account of creation he he's flat out established this that he categorically does not believe in the biblical account of creationism he just doesn't believe it he believes it's all myth made up well his god is not the god of the bible But he he is calling god a liar because god says all scriptures given by inspiration of god and established forever that all the word of god is truth William Lane Craig says, well, no, no, not, not, not the, not the creation account. That that's not true. Many Christians don't believe much of what the word of God says in doctrine, theology as truth, which Jesus do you believe? in? do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh? If you don't, you're against the Jesus, the Bible, the Muslim Jesus, Hindu Jesus, Jehovah's Witness Jesus, the Mormon Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of the Catholics is not the Jesus of the Bible. Which Jesus do you stand with? He that is not with me is against me. And that terrifies me because even seeing the very power of God, that even the devils of hell, Lucifer himself, shakes in terror and runs when Jesus points That power that Jesus has. Even the devils aren't dumb enough to be atheists. Even the devils aren't dumb enough to be atheists. Even the devils know who the real Jesus is. They come running, screaming in terror, falling at his feet. They cry out in terror when he steps into the room. Which Jesus are you standing with? But he that that gathereth not with me scattereth. Those who don't stand with me, all you're doing is creating chaos, and you're just, and you're just scattering people from the truth. You're making a mess of things. Jesus says, "He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth." Verse twenty-four. Now, here we see the parallel passage. This is mentioned also in Matthew chapter twelve. Matthew chapter twelve verses forty three to forty five, right here we see here when the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and finds none. He saith, "I will return it unto my house." So we see ownership, devils claiming ownership. That's it. That's the difference between possession and oppression to possess to own to call your own to have the authority the power over you control and command the thing i'll return unto my house whence i came out and when he cometh he findeth it swept and garnished now if we go over to matthew 12 43 to 45 it says when it finds it empty swept and garnished. a key word is also why it's important to cross-reference and and uh, parascripture is scripture if the empty, swept, and garnished. Swept means to be made clean. And garnished means that the changes have been made. But in Matthew 12, we see another key word, empty. That, there's, that it's, however, vacant. You see, a person can be delivered from a devil and not yet saved. And they can be under the enlightenment, but not the salvation. They're not yet saved, make great changes, and they change their lives and all this stuff, and they they, they and they, they 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 by enlightenment believe in God. They see the truth and all this, but they haven't yet made it personal that the, their heart is still vacant. They're swept clean of all the things they've done before. They're garnished with good works and all this stuff. They're not yet saved. This devil that was removed from this person comes and sees the changes in them. Then this devil goes, then goeth he and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in because they're empty. They're vacant. They have a big vacant sign hanging up. Vacancy. It's not occupied. It's vacant. They enter in and dwell there. And the last thing, that man is worse than the first. How is it worse than the first? Because now, now, their lives full of devils, also with the knowledge of the truth, fighting the truth, even with more knowledge of the truth, fighting against it. It's called a two-fold child of hell. They've doubled down on their condemnation with more damnation, more condemnation, because now they're damning themselves even with the knowledge of the truth where before they were ignorant at least they didn't know now they know and they're still opposing god now it's worse than the first the last state of that man is worse than the first i've seen this happen more times than i care to count it's the most disturbing thing to help a person to counsel them help them and teach them and even walk them through deliverance and that to see them go from a state of chaos to a state of peace and that now they see it they get it and you'd swear they were saved and then time goes and it can be anywhere from a day to a couple weeks a couple months even a couple years This one person i know over a year they they were a good friend and Oh they studied their bible like crazy on fire on fire for the lord it seemed and then all of a sudden it was like a switch it literally was it was like it was like someone flicked a switch they went from being all on fire and a good friend and believing in the truth literally like in a day to full on damning everything that that we said damning the gospel the ministry everything calling it all the devil that we're all devil worshipers everything they just went full nuts they just went full crazy full berserk lost their mind what happened this i firmly believe this completely i don't believe that person was ever saved to begin with I think they were under the enlightenment. They were not under salvation. The devils that troubled that person at the first went and got seven other more wicked than itself and returned and entered in. And that person now is worse than they were before. That's why scriptures talk about so much, about examining yourself to see that you're in the faith. Are you in the faith? Is the kingdom of God upon you in righteousness To justify, to consecrate, sanctify, to save you, redeem you? Or is the kingdom of God upon you as as a judgment and a wrath? Are you truly saved? Which Jesus are you standing with? What Jesus do you believe in? Is it the Jesus of the word of God? Look at who he is, what he says, what he does. Look at what the Bible says. Don't look at me. Don't look at my words. Look at the scriptures. Judge not after the appearance. Judge righteous judgment. What does the word of God say? Who is Jesus according to the word of God? He is the Christ, the Savior, the Redeemer. He is the mighty God manifested in the flesh. How does he say? By grace, through faith, by belief, alone. It's what it says. Not of works. Not by righteous works. Not by works of the law by grace, unmerited favor, through faith, believing, trust. You're saved by belief, sealed by the Spirit of God. This is what Scripture says. Those that are not with me are against me, is what the Lord says. I couldn't care less what you say about me. I couldn't care less The type of accusations and stupid cursings and mockings and all the other stuff that people could say about me i couldn't care less what i do care is what you say about christ judge me not by what i do and what i am judge me by my doctrine the christ that i affirm I affirm and preach and teach Jesus is the Christ, the mighty God manifested in the flesh who saves by grace through faith by belief alone. If you call upon him as your Savior, Lord, Redeemer, King, and God and you ask him to forgive you of your sins and save you, you believe in the work of Jesus Christ of what he did on that cross and how he's buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures to save us from our sins. He shed his blood and died for our sins, rose again in power to show you his power to give us everlasting life you believe in him and call upon him you can be saved i believe that do you believe that a lot of people will mock jesus They'll say all kinds of things. They'll say Jesus is Michael the Archangel. Jesus is just some prophet. Jesus is just some namby-pamby sissy. He needs his mommy to do everything. They'll say that that Jesus, yes, he's the the Savior, he's the Redeemer, but he needs your works. He needs your law-keeping. He needs you to do things in addition to believing, to be saved, to keep yourself saved, because you could lose your salvation. That's not the Jesus of the Bible. That's a devil masquerading as Jesus. If you're Jesus, not the Jesus of the whole Bible, then you're Jesus, the devil, masquerading as Jesus. Which Jesus do you believe in? These ones said, Jesus casts out devils by, power of, uh, by the power of the devils, mocking him, reducing his sovereignty, reducing his power, reducing his person. Are you reducing Christ? What are you doing to Jesus. Who owns your house? Not just your body. Not just your soul. But your life. Who owns your life? Who controls you? Who calls the shots? Who calls the shots? Who has the power? Then we see something else happen here. Luke 11. Verse 27. And it came to pass as he spake these things. As Jesus is saying this affirming who He is and the different types of ideas and things that are going on. Verse 27, And it came to pass, as He was saying these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto Him, Blessed is the womb that bear thee in the paps which thou suck. This woman starts praising Mary. Doesn't that sound interesting? This woman starts praising Mary jesus mother starts adoring and praising mary verse 28 but he said but jesus turned to this woman and says yea rather rather blessed are they that hear the word of god and keep it jesus shot down veneration of his mother luke 11 27 and 28 if only catholics are to read it nah, they probably removed those verses from their bibles like they did the with the 10 commandments they took out the passage about not making idols and bowing down to them they removed those commandments they probably removed this too and it came to pass, when he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said unto him, Blessed is the womb which beareth in the passage thou thou sucked. And he said, Rather, yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Because what does the word of God say? Worship only God. Venerate only God. Bless only God. Bow on the knee only to God. Believe in only God. God is our advocate, our mediator, our redeemer, our intercessor. He is our savior, our God, our king. He is the one that does all, sees all, knows all, is everywhere present. He is the all power. He is everything. Mary did absolutely nothing for your worship, veneration, prayer. She does not even want your attention. That if Mary, the mother of Jesus, could appear right here, right now, she would say, Stop praying to me, stop talking to me, call upon Jesus Christ only. I do nothing, He does everything. Look at what it says. Blessed are they hear the word of God and keep it, because what does the word of God say? Jesus is our advocate, Jesus is our mediator, Jesus is our intercessor, Jesus is our redeemer, Jesus is God, and he doesn't need anyone else's help. Rather, instead of, in place of, yeah, you said that, but that's nonsense, because, blessed rather, are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Look what it says. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Do Catholics keep the word of God? No. Do they even listen to it? No. Do they hear it? No. They twist it. They modify it. Because their Jesus is a Jesus of chaos. What did he say? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. They scatter the truth. They disperse it, rip it up, break it up, so you can't find the truth. They've taken the truth and they've and they've crumbled it up and thrown it into the wind, and it's blown everywhere, and you can't find it. That's what they. That's what the Catholic Church has done with the truth. They've scattered it so you can't find it. The Jesus of Catholicism is a Jesus of chaos and scattering of truth. The Jesus of Catholicism is a devil and not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus of Islam, Mormonism, Hinduism, Seventh-day Adventism, Jehovah's Witness, and all the rest of them, those Jesuses are devils and not the Jesus of the Bible. The Jesus that needs your works to earn your salvation, keep your salvation, atone for your own sins, is a devil and not the Jesus of the Bible. He that is not with me the Jesus of the word of God, who is Christ, who is the Christ, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the wonderful, the counselor, the prince of peace, this Jesus, the one whose ways are of old, even of everlasting almighty God, that this Jesus who calls himself the I am, this Jesus who calls himself the Christ, the Messiah, which is the mighty God, this Jesus, who saves by grace, through faith, by belief alone, is the only Jesus that can save you from your sins only this one. The way is so, so narrow. It is razor thin. It's so, so narrow. The way is as narrow as the word of God is thick. It takes the whole Bible to understand the whole Jesus. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Because what does the Word of God say? The Word of God will tell you who to bless, what to bless, how to bless. The Word of God tells you who to believe in, why to believe in Him, and who He is. The Word of God tells you all what is truth and what is not. You don't go by your own personal opinions and feelings and emotionalism. This woman got all worked up in her emotionalism. She was she was listening to what Jesus saying, she got all stirred up and she wasn't paying attention. She got off on a tangent and started focusing on something else. She started focusing on Jesus' mother, thinking that she needed to be blessed. No, you bless Jesus. You praise Jesus. You believe in Jesus. Because who's Jesus? The Christ, the Messiah. He's, he's our Savior, our God, our King. He's the one that did it all. Mary is no different than Moses and Noah and Elijah. Are you praying to them, blessing them? No. Why aren't we building statues and temples and and all kinds of things to them? Because they don't deserve it. They're just servants of the Lord. Mary's is the servant of the Lord. As you are. As I am. We're just servants of the Lord. But who is the one that's praised and blessed forever? Amen. The Lord God. Who is what? Jesus. Yea, rather rather you said that rather this the word of god well i think rather the word of god well i feel i believe i think rather word of god book chapter verse if you can't show me book chapter verse shut up sit down you don't know what you're talking about traditionalism, ritualism, catechisms, co- commentaries, councils, creeds. Throw it out the window. Word of God. It's all you need. This is my catechism. This is my creed. This is my commentary. This is my authority. This is my everything. I couldn't care less what anyone else or any other thing says. Rather, blessed are they to hear the word of God. And keep it. Not someone else's opinions of what they think the Word of God is saying. Rather, look at what it says. Open your Bible with your own eyes. Look at the verses. Look at the context. Look at what it says. Do the work. Do the due diligence to study it out like a Berean cross-reference. See what Scripture says together. This is what it says. And if your studying contradicts any other point of Scripture, you're wrong. Go back to square one. Start over again. Because you got off on a tangent. They start blessing Jesus' mother. Rather, get back to the word of God. Stop looking at other things. What does this say? As Raoul says here, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's my Jesus. Amen. Amen. Look at what it says. So Jesus shoots down Mary veneration. If you're into underlining, highlighting or marking your Bible, do so with verse 27 28. And I'm going to give you a challenge to stir things up. To stir things up and just just for fun, bear with me. I'm going to swap something out here. Um Where is it? There is open. Oh, it's way too big. We're always doing this. (laughs) Yep. Starting theological fires. All right. So we need to stand for the truth. He that is not with me is against me. I'm standing with Jesus. And Jesus started fires everywhere. Jesus really stirred things up. So yeah, do it. I challenge you. Okay? If you have a Facebook account, Instagram account, Twitter account, whatever. I challenge you to put verse 27 and 28. Copy, paste. Verse 27 and 28 on your social media and say Jesus shot down Mary veneration and then put those verses I challenge you you will get all kinds of people coming at you trying to justify it trying to shoot you down trying to tell you off I challenge you to stir things up draw a line in the sand anyways let's move on (laughs) <laughs> what jesus are you standing with yay rather blessed are they that hear the word of god are you hearing the word of god or what are you hearing what do you give your ear to you see because the time will come where they will no longer be able to abide sound doctrine but the, but they will seek seek out teachers heaped themselves teachers having itching ears and they will be turned into fables men's opinions stories man's parables they'll be turned into all kinds of other things because they can't abide the doctrine of the word of god uh, that, that you'll show them this you'll show people what the word of god flat out says it flat out says this and it'll stare them in the face And they'll say, yeah, well, I think, I believe, I feel, even though the word of God flat out says it. What does the word of God say? And some of the people still won't even care. They won't even care. And like I showed you how uh, Jesus even shows them that the Pharisees knew flat out who he was. Who Jesus was. They knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the Messiah. They knew this. They knew he was the son of God. They knew that he was the Christ. Jesus even affirmed this. Proved it. And they still called Jesus a devil. It goes to show. People will attack Jesus in ignorance. They'll attack Jesus even in full on knowledge. Knowing full well what they're doing. They'll attack the truth no matter what. Just because they can't stand it because it's the truth. They want a Jesus that affirms their opinions. They want a God that affirms and justifies their feelings. They want they want a, a truth that justifies their preconceptions. They will not modify themselves to fit the truth. They want the truth to modify to fit their, their supposed ideologies. You know the word of god has something to say about that too over in romans romans chapter 1 verses 18 and 25 for the wrath of god is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness man you and i are the same same uh, wavelength here Ralph. Okay, so Romans 1, 18 and 25, it says they hold the truth in unrighteousness. What does that mean? What does that mean? Raoul? what does that mean? What does it mean to hold the truth in unrighteousness? Same spirit, yeah. (laughs) What does it mean to hold the truth in unrighteousness? And while we wait, let's move on. Whereas that which may because that which may be known of God is manifest in them they have the knowledge of it for God has showed it unto them God has shown it to them they see it. this is literally a, a parallel passage that goes along and fits with Hebrews 6 4 to 6 about those who received the enlightenment and they reject it for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even as it is his eternal power and god it's so that they are without excuse these people have no excuse there's nothing they could possibly say because that when they knew god they glorified him not as god neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened professing themselves to be wise they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible god into an image they they took who god is what god is and they made it something else they deliberately made it something else into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and forfeited beasts and creeping things they made it whatever their imagination came up with wherefore god also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts he gave them over to whatever they wanted you, you don't want the truth fine go ahead to dishonor their own bodies, to teen themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie. They changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So what does it mean to hold the truth in unrighteousness? To hold the truth in unrighteousness, the, the picture behind it is, as Raoul says, suppressing the truth. It is literally trying to take their minds off from the truth, which they cannot right and there's a picture that goes along with this is is like for example if you go to the beach and you go out into the water and you have a beach ball okay the beach ball on the beach ball is written truth is written on the ball you take the beach ball and you push it down under the water and you're holding you're fighting you're fighting to, to keep it under the water and then deny that the ball exists hold it down you bury it you suppress it to suppress to push down to bury it under they pile their ignorance their sin their opinions their feelings their personal ideologies their 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 own personal truths and all this other nonsense and they bury and push the truth down and they fight to keep it suppressed That's what it means to suppress the truth in in unrighteousness. They're using their unrighteousness to bury the truth. And they have to keep piling on it to keep it pressed down. That's why atheists are generally always so angry. And why pagans and heathens, and you start preaching the biblical Jesus, they get angry. Why sinners, the unsaved, get angry. Their face actually gets angry angry their eyes get dark and they get angry when you start showing them the truth of jesus christ because what you've done is you've uncovered the unrighteousness off of the truth and the truth has popped back up right in front of them you've undone all that they've tried to do and now they're angry and they got to try to suppress it again and they profess themselves to be wise but yet they're fools That's what the Pharisees did. They knew full well who Jesus was. The people knew full well who Jesus was. And they're trying to suppress him with unrighteousness. That's what the cults do. Religions are even created to suppress the truth. Catholicism, Hinduism, Mormonism... Islam, all the rest of them were created by sinful minds to suppress the truth, to chop off the finger of God. Blessed are they that hear the word of God, not tradition. The Word of God. Not ritual denominationalism. The Word of God. Not opinions and catechisms and commentaries. The Word of God. Not the opinions and feelings and experiences of men. The Word of God. Blessed are they that hear the Word of God. Not dreams and visions and hallucinations. The Word of God. Not man. The Word of God. Not catechisms and commentaries. The Word of God. Blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it. There's a second bit to that. And keep it. You may have heard it. Are you keeping it? How do you keep it? How do you keep it? Someone tell me. How do you keep it? This is Luke 11, verse 28. Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. What does that mean? And keep it. How do you... Keep it. What does that mean? You see, on the flip side, there's those that suppress the truth. What would be the inversion, the opposite of suppressing it? That's keeping it. By living it, thinking it, applying it, speaking it, working it, walking it, talking it, living it. In everything that you do, even in eating and drinking, dwell to the glory of God. According to the word of God. So there's there's the opinions of people who in their lives, they go about their lives thinking. That they're doing their things to the glory of God, but they're not sifting it through the Bible first. That they, th- well, I feel that this will glorify God. I think this will glorify God. I believe that this will glorify God, but they're not checking it. So can you think that you're keeping the word of God, but you're not actually? You have all the best intentions but you're completely askew you're completely skewed yeah so the keeping it keeping the faith has to be in line with the word of god so you got to study the word of god You got to search out the word of God. You got to double check, triple check the word of God. You got to look at the context of the word of God, not cherry pick a verse or part of a verse. You know, say, what does the word of God say about it actually? Does the word of God actually teach that categorically? Keep that. Not, I think, I feel, I believe. God knows my heart. Yeah, he does, and you better be afraid hear the word of god keep the word of god not your religious intentions your religious intentions are irrelevant your religious your religious intentions are completely beside the point your religious intentions are judging of the outward appearance that's your mind, your hands, your actions, which are relevant. You want to look at the doctrines and theology of the heart. Remember what I said earlier. When it comes to debating and witnessing, evangelizing, apologetics, is don't, don't pay so much attention to the question that is posed. Rather, investigate where the question came from. You want to look at the attitude of the heart. You want to look at the person first. Even ask for cl- even ask clarifying questions about their but their their posed question to understand their logic, because it's possible they could be a troll or something else, or they could be trying to bait you into something. And you want to know where it's coming from. You want to be able to answer properly according to the Word of God. Be not swift to speak. Slow to speech, the Bible says. Be slow to speech. So search things up. Search out the matter of the heart. Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. A lot of people have great religious intentions. Great religious fervor. Great religious zealousness and all the rest of it. But they're completely twisted up. They're twisted up in traditionalism, ritualism, and legalism, and everything else. And they're not tied up in the word of God Where they've tied, they bound the word of God to their hearts. They bound it as frontlets between their eyes. They've not bound it upon their fingers. They're binding their own intentions. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and keep it. What does the word of God say about a thing? And when the people were gathered thick together, look at verse twenty-nine. Look at verse twenty-nine. And when the people were gathered uh, thick together. So Jesus is saying this, and he's, ref- he's refuting the trolls. People are in saying, oh, you're full of devils, and you're casting out devils by the devils. And, and he's refuting them and proving them wrong. He's shutting them down, all this stuff. And Jesus is, by- is preaching in great authority and power, refuting even the Pharisees and the doctors of the law. And he's drawing a crowd. They are gathered thick together. He now has an opportunity here. So he begins to say. You now he you now he's addressed those trolls, and he's moved on. And he began to say, "This is an evil generation." Jesus just preaches love. He's all about love. And, and this tells us just love one another and never, never put people down. No, don't, don't rebuke. Don't rebuke people. How could you say those kinds of harsh things to people? Just, just preach love and preach love and love. And <laughs> Rather, see, Jesus even fires up to the people, to the, all the crowds. Says, this is an evil generation. imagine saying that in one of these modern churches you'd probably make people faint (laughs) this is an evil generation how they seek a sign (laughs) how are they evil they're seeking experiences They're seeking spiritual experiences as proofs of faith. Jesus says that's evil. Oh, boy. Okay. So verse 26 and 27. Sorry, sorry, no. Verse 27, 28 is a rebuttal against Catholicism. Verse 29 is a rebuttal against Charismania. (laughs) Against the Charismatics and Pentecostals. If only they would read their Bibles too. Jesus says it's evil. Seeking experiences to prove doctrine. That's kind of getting the cart before the horse i'm not denouncing experience i'm denouncing seeking experiences instead of doctrine you, you spend more time focusing on experiences than you do doctrine and theology you spend more time praying for praying about seeking and paying attention to focusing on thinking talking about and, and dwelling on experiences visions dreams and, and and experiences of spirituality than you do actually studying doctrine theology the word of god blessed are they that hear the word of god and keep it this is an evil generation they seek a sign there shall be no sign given it, but the sign of Jonah the prophet. Um. What did Jonah do? He preached the word of God. For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, the, the Ninevites, you know, the 120,000 Gentile Ninevites that were the enemies of Israel, Jonah went to them and preached to them, repent and believe or be damned. And what did they do? For as Jonah was assigned unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Behold, a greater than Jonah is here. What did the Queen of Sheba come to listen to? The teaching, the preaching, the wisdom of Solomon. And there's a greater than Solomon here. The Ninevites—they listened to the teaching, the preaching of Jonah. They repented and believed. A greater than Jonah is here. the the great The greater than all wisdom that we've ever seen and heard. The great, the greatest, greater than all experiences and things that you could ever experience greater than all the greatest preachers. The greatest sign, the greatest sign is a repentant heart, a believing heart, one who believes the word of God and keeps it. That's the greatest sign. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. You don't bury the truth with experiences and traditionalism and 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 ritualism. You don't bury the truth with feelings and opinions and and personal ideologies. The truth is the word of God, not your, not my personal truths. Not what I think, I feel, I believe, or what you think, you feel, you believe. It it, doesn't go by denominational distinctives. It goes by what it says is what it means, and this itself is the light. I'm not the light. You're not the light. This is the light. We hold this up so that all eyes may see this. This has been set above the very name of God. The, the, the word of God which is above his very name. The word of God which is preserved unto all generations. The word of God which is the only truth there is. Is the light. What it says. What it means. Not what I think. I feel. Not what society says. Or, or theologians or whatever. where they say. They think. They feel what they've written. What this says. They don't bury the word of God with everything else and signs and wonders and experiences the word of god is doctrine theology what it says i'm not saying experiences aren't true or can't happen i'm saying that if they do they they must be tested and checked by doctrine theology to make sure it's of god because how do you how can you how do you know it's of god satan can appear as an angel of light satan quotes scripture Satan can masquerade as the Spirit of God to make you think that it's the Spirit of God moving on you when it's not. What does the Word of God say? Blessed are they that hear the Word of God and keep it. If you're into underlining, highlighting, or marking your Bible, please do so with verse 28. Luke 11, verse 28. Highlight, mark, underline, uh, circle that verse, memorize it. Nothing else is relevant. What does the Word of God say? Keep it. Hold it. Take the world. Believe me, Jesus. What is your light? What's your truth? What do you believe? What do you hold? Who's your Jesus? Because everyone else around you is going to have their truth, their feelings, their opinions. There's going to be such an unbelievable multiplicity of truths everywhere. If everything is the truth, nothing's the truth. There has to be one right and the rest are wrong. There's got to be one true Jesus and all the rest are wrong. There's got to be one truth, which is the word of God, and all the rest are lies. There's got to be one true church and all the rest are false prophets, false apostles, deceitful workers, preaching damnable heresies. There's one kingdom of God and all the rest are hell. Different doorways of hell. This world is chaos. This world is a master of scattering the truth. Smashing it up into dust and blowing it in the wind. Hiding it. As Jesus even said to the Pharisees, you you close up the gates of heaven and make people twofold children of hell. You hide the keys. You you preach for doctrines, the traditions of men. And you have not the love of God in you because you have the love of self. Where's truth? Where is truth? What is truth? Isn't that what Pontius Pilate said? What is truth? What is truth? Pilate said that while Jesus was staring him square in the eye. Then Jesus proceeded to tell him what the truth was. And then Pilate was afraid. Can you explain the truth properly? Do you even know what truth is? Do you know how to prove the Jesus according to Scripture by using Scripture alone? Do you know how to explain the gospel of salvation using Scripture alone? Do you hear the word of God alone and keep the word of God alone? Or do you mix up the waters and cre- create a concoction of Bible and? There is no and. There is no and. It's not Jesus and. Grace and. Faith and. It's only what God says. It's not grace plus works. It's grace alone. By believing trust. Believing trust. Faith of the heart. Faith isn't works. Jesus is God. The Bible is the only authority. It is the only light. Judge not after the appearance. Listen to doctrine and theology. What they are affirming as doctrine and theology. Well, because they call themselves a Christian doesn't mean they are. Many in the day will be crying, Lord, Lord, will you? This is a very, very harsh judgment. This passage right here is a harsh judgment. Jesus is coming down really hard. This is an evil generation was he speaking about you what are you focusing on listening to what are you judging truth by you judging truth by catechisms commentaries councils and creeds and everything else and other people's writings and opinions and teachings are you judging truth by the bible flat out says and i know it does because here 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 it says it how do you know are you interpreting scripture rightly? Dividing? Or are you cherry picking to 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 assert your your opinions? What does it say? Blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus says. Jesus, and now bear with me one second. Jesus didn't say, "Blessed are those that that just hear me, listen to me, and keep me." No, just bear with me one. So okay. he didn't say that. It says, Blessed are they to hear the word of God and keep it. Why did he say that? The word of God, which is above his very name, proves who the true Jesus is. It speaks of him in the volume of the book. It speaks of me. That if you look at the Word of God, which is above His very name, it'll it'll point you with the finger of God directly at Jesus. It'll point you to truth. Jesus is the truth. As Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Thy Word is truth. Search the Scriptures. For, for for therein you think you have salvation search it up how do you know you're right how do you know you're in the right camp how do you know you have the truth how do you know you're believing the truth correctly how do you know the difference between the holy and the profane how do you know the truth between proper godly doctrine and false doctrine how can you know what is true and what is not not by men's writings and opinions what other people say and, re- and religious distinction and traditional and traditionalism and, and all of that. What does the word of God flat out say? Search the scriptures. Be as the Bereans, who are more noble than those in Thessalonica, because they search the scriptures daily to see if these things are so. Blessed are they to hear the word of God. Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. So there you go. So that's the study for today. So I hope that uh, this has helped you and encouraged you. And if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights on that, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it's not in line with the study today, just hold that to the next broadcast or some other time. Uh, i don't want to rabbit you i want to keep it just on this all right so let's go up in the comments make sure i didn't miss anything good morning good morning good morning okay and going down okay and nicholas says it's sad i've talked to catholics don't even know the bible yeah it's because they're told not to they're told not to read it and just believe what the priest says believe what the pope says pay attention to catholic uh traditions and all of that and y'all be good it, yeah, they, they actually uh, encourage you not to read the Bible. Many Catholics don't even own Bibles. It, it's insane. They don't even know what it says. Yeah. Now, if they all if they only read it, okay. Going down through. Uh, Katie says suppressing the truth and in righteousness, they'd rather have their own beliefs so they can do what is right in their own eyes. That is correct, exactly. And. Okay, Uh, Mary says, by doing all things for the glory of God. Yes, about uh, how we keep the word of God. Amen. Okay, Katie says, keeping the, the word by meditating on it and thinking... And I think in James it says, "Be a doer of the word." Yes, exactly. To live it, speak it, think it, do it. That that uh, that you carry it out, as it says in John fifteen verse seven, "If ye abide in me and my word abides in you, to abide and live in your abode, your home, that you're living and you live it in all that you do. You you see it, hear it, smell it, taste it, speak it, work it, walk it. It's in every bit of you, in everything that you do, even in eating and drinking." Exactly i uh nicholas has a question what method do you use to study the bible all right well it depends on context now uh, on topic or whatever uh like for example uh the short little two minute video that i put up this morning before this broadcast on uh answering the question the common question where in the bible does jesus say i am god worship me all right, so uh, this is a question that a lot of Muslims uh, pose generally. It uh, comes our Muslims. Uh, others have even asked the question, but but just to ask this. Okay, so the first thing that you want to do is uh, is uh, revert back to studies of the Word of God. Now, go back. I like to start by playing devil's advocate. This is what I do. Is so when someone asks me a question like that um automatically versus passages will pop up but what i like to do is i like to play devil's advocate i try to disprove it and now what i do is i try i try by this to i use uh, i use the fire and water of heating and hardening like like in uh, metallurgy when you're, when you're uh, forming something is you burn you burn and cool so I tried to burn the logic, I tried to destroy the logic of personal logic, personal feelings and opinions. Well, I think, I feel, I believe, or catechism, commentary, creed, or all that. I burn all that away of philosophies, the psychologies, I burn all, all, all that away. And because the only thing that can't be destroyed is the word of God. You can destroy cherry picking of the word of God by showing them, well, no, you pulled that out of context. Now, for example. Muslims, when you look at Muslims and Muslim logic, uh, they don't accept the New Testament, but according to their imams and all the rest of their studies and according to their Quran, they accept the Old Testament. Okay, well, what does the Old Testament say about the Christ Messiah? Well, you look okay, who is Jesus? Who is the Christ Messiah according to the Old Testament, according to the prophets? Well, Isaiah 7, 14, 9, 6, Micah 5, 2. They're born of a virgin. They're born a son. He's born in Bethlehem. He's called the mighty God. Okay. So he's born in Bethlehem of a virgin, a son. He's called the mighty God. The one is ways of old, even of everlasting. And in, the, and in the Hebrew, that means the always existing one, almighty God. All right, so... Does Jesus state this? Now look where in the Word of God, I just searched the Bible, I searched the scriptures, where does Jesus claim to categorically claim to be the Christ Messiah? John four, twenty five, twenty six. Look at John eight, twenty four and fifty eight, claims to be the I am. And we see in John ten, and again he claims divinity where even the Pharisees picked up stones to stone him for blasphemy it's not blasphemous to call yourself an angel a prophet or a holy man it's blasphemous to call yourself god so i just see, okay where in the bible and i and i look up uh, so for example i'll use google so i pose a question the bible verse jesus claims to be god and it bring up all kinds of passages now go through them all go through them all turn to every one of them look at context you back up reading context it, Is this right it, does this fit and i don't search commentaries or other writings i just only searched the bible now and once in a while i'll look up because you see what some other commentators whatever said on a passage but then again sometimes i've found certain commentators are actually wrong because you actually go back and you look and you say but but it also says over here this and it backs up what the bible says here it says a different context so they don't actually so you want to be careful with that it can lead you astray like scofield i think it's scofield um and the scofield notes uh, in some of the scofield bibles is actually way off the mark on some things um and the, his notes are even under the verses in some bibles it's that's wrong uh so you want to be careful who you look up i study the bible by studying the bible i say what did the scriptures say the verses say just in and of themselves uh, I don't go by, well, Well, tradition says, I don't do that. I don't, the denominational distinctives, I couldn't care less about. Uh, religious traditions, traditionalism, I couldn't care less about. Well, we've always believed and we've always taught this because the, the Council of Nicaea says, you want to make me angry? Start quoting the Council of Nicaea. The Council of Nicaea is Catholic, not Christian. Blessed are they hear the word of God. You want to hear Bible. Bible alone, Bible only, not not uh, Augustine and all these others and Polycarp and Count and Trent and Nicaea and the Apostolic Creed and please just just show me verses. <laughs> That's how I study it. I, I take it what verse, what passage, what book, chapter, verse says what. And I'll search it up. I'll look it up. And I'll read through. I'll do the study and sometimes answering questions, and certain things takes time it'll take days weeks months years to even come up with the answer but if you study it out the lord will show you get away from everything else just study this what does it say do the word studies old testament hebrew new testament greek do the word studies look at the original hebrew and greek and it, you'll, you'll learn a lot so my the i don't follow any set you know the, this system by this person i don't follow that just read it just follow it what does it say just take your time, read through it, read through it again, and again, and again, and again. Pay attention to every individual word. I found that that's one thing a lot of people don't do. They'll quote a Bible verse, they don't actually pay attention to the words. And the context of the words. The meanings of the words. So how I study the word of God also is I slow down. Can you imagine that? I slow down. As as I I slow down my reading, I slow down my thinking. I pay attention to each individual word. What did he say? How did he say it? What manner did he say it? What context did they say it? I put myself there, and I pay attention to the very specific words there. Like for example, about the, as I talked about earlier at the beginning of this broadcast about what Jesus says, "All hail" in Matthew twenty-eight verse nine. Now. What context did he say that in? Because, for example, Gabriel appeared to Mary and says, Hail Mary, thou that art highly favored. Wait, so is it the same hail? Is it the same context of hailing? What manner did they say this? And look Now let's look at the persons and the individuals and what does the rest of the Word of God say? And how, Is Mary sinless? Is Mary someone to be venerated and worshipped and revered? Uh, what position does Mary hold? Was she sinless? What does the Word of God say? Okay, and there's the biblical Mary, then there's the Catholic Mary. So there's, uh, there's the biblical Jesus and then there's the other religious Jesus that's not biblical. So you look at what the rest of the Word of God says about a thing. So yeah, uh, s- to properly study the Word of God is to use the Berean method, and Acts seventeen verse eleven to search it out, to search the Scriptures, plural, what, from Old Testament to New Testament, cross-reference. Where is it? Where now? Look up all the the uh, the uh, the times that it's brought up so google actually is a really good help on this because uh, uh you just search like for example when i was looking up on uh john chapter 10 or jesus calls himself the shepherd i pull up i i, I uh, bible verse god is shepherd and I just enter and you and you pull up a site like bible hub for example and it'll give you all the the iterations of it all all the different times throughout the word of god it talks about god saying that he's the shepherd and about talking about shepherds, now look up each individual one of those references now and and right from old testament to old testament now pair them all together so for example jesus says in john 10 i am the good shepherd psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd hold up lord is all uppercase l-o-r-d what does that mean jehovah god jehovah god is my shepherd i shall not want In Ezekiel 33, uh, and others uh, throughout Ezekiel, where God talks about, uh, he's the shepherd, I'm the shepherd, I'm I'm the shepherd, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep. Uh, And then go over to John, in the New Testament, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, my sheep. Jesus is Almighty God manifested in the flesh. Jesus is the shepherd of the Old Testament. That's how you study the Word of God. there you go just some ideas any other comments questions issues insights anything else at all before i move along if you'd like more information on studying and memorizing and citing scripture and all that kind of thing uh check out our playlist here on our channel uh evangelism and witnessing and i go through how to evangelize how to witness i'll talk also talk about how to memorize and study and all that stuff so i give you some more information there check out our playlist evangelism and witnessing and uh yeah. So there you go. I guess if there's nothing else, we'll wrap that one up there. Um, yeah. So there we go. So if you appreciate these studies, please give us a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon. So you know, we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We got tons of content, tons of goodies and yeah. And make sure to give those videos and stuff uh, a like as well. And check out our website, ChristianCoffeeTime.ca. we got links to all our other platforms and goodies and stuff. So there you go. So check all that out. Thank you so much for joining in. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.